Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 35 of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. Every week, we watch an episode of that show. And on this show, we share our thoughts with you, our listeners. <laughs> As opposed to our other show? You know, some other <laughs> show. Uh, as you may have guessed by now, my name is Matt J. With me, as always, is my co-host and brother, Dave. Dave, how are you today? Um, a bit premature, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm good, man. Uh, I got a lot going out this week. A lot going okay. on. A lot going on. A lot going on this week, Matt. Um, yeah, I just uh, I got a lot of school stuff going on. I had a LARP event last weekend. I got a LARP event this upcoming weekend, which I think we actually already talked about, so I won't bend your ear about it, but... Yeah, All right. just just burn well, a midnight on, oil, on the man. subject of bending one another's ears, uh, coming up next is our award-winning <laughs> opening segment. It's just it's Dave shining in the heavens. <laughs> there are five stars. What do you think our first star of the week is? Because I got a list here, and I can tell you, <laughs> I have the same list. You've you've pulled back the veil, Matt. You've pulled back. You've shattered the illusion that this is completely off the cuff. <laughs> um, so our first star of the week, Matt, is Miracle Monday, but uh, I have no idea what that is. Okay, well... That's not an illusion. That's true. So today, if you're listening to it on uh, the third Monday in May, or yesterday, if you're listening to it on the day following, or you know, just sort of adjust your calendars appropriately, depending on when mm-hmm. you hear this, I guess. Right. Uh, the third Monday in May is my favorite fictional holiday, which is Miracle Monday. Miracle Monday comes from a book of the same name. It is a Superman novel by Elliot S. Mackin, and it is great. Let me give you the quick synopsis of Miracle Monday. Let me just pull a few lines from uh, Wikipedia here. Sure. Miracle Monday tells the story of Superman trying to stop an entity of pure evil from causing universal chaos. Like you do. The novel introduces the holiday Miracle Monday, which occurs ne- uh, annually on the third Monday of May. Um, and it, it, I think it later goes on to show up in some comic books. But basically what it is, is that um, the devil sends his greatest agent of evil named C.W. Saturn to Earth specifically to destroy Superman's morality. <laughs> okay. Um, but Superman is so good... And pure and, like, you know, beautiful that he just utterly crushes the spirit of this demon and is able to cast him out and send him back to hell forever. And in the process, everyone sort of forgets what happens, but everyone in the maybe universe, at least on the planet Earth, all agrees that on the third Monday in May, they will all celebrate Miracle Monday, which is just this vague holiday that no one knows why it happens, <laughs> but everybody feels great. And it's all because Superman is the best person ever. Uh, there's, some, there's some really great Lex Luthor stuff in there. Some, it's Listen, I, I've got a copy of this so, book. I have it right in front of me. Um, next time I see you, I will loan you a copy. It is, it's a really quick read. Oh, um, yeah. No, I imagined it would be. So... Okay, so it just like full on buys into the fact that Superman is a like messianic figure. Not necessarily. Because like like I said, I, I said he fights the devil. Actually, in this story, the ruler of hell is named Samael. And like I said, his agent of evil is named C.W. Saturn. So it's not exactly like, you know, fighting the devil. Right. C.W. Saturn sounds like it ought to be a wrestler. It, it ought to be a lot of things. I don't know why they named yeah, a demon that, but... That is weird. See, as far as Mondays go, I would have thought, Matt, that your favorite ho- fictional holiday... Fictional? I guess it's not actually fictional. was Martini Monday. That is a real thing, even though you're the only person who celebrates it. Um, I think, what, seven years running now? Is it seven years? 
almost. It's either six or seven. I'll have to go back in the annals. Uh, listeners, every Monday I have a martini. It's my sort of – it is my own personal holiday. It's That's it. Right. That's the whole thing, guys. Yep. I haven't yeah, missed one like in a... uh, six or seven years. I mix myself one up when I, either when I get home from work or before I go to bed. It gives you something to look forward to on a Monday. You know, Monday's when you have to go back to work. But it's also when you have yourself some scheduled time to enjoy a nice cocktail. <laughs> I recommend it to everybody. No, I think it's a great idea. Uh, and I love I love a good martini, and you mix up a fine martini. Well, I've had plenty of practice. I was going to say, I would hope so at this point. But it's, have, you know, I think point, it's, you know, if I'm making one a week, it's paid if I'm off. only making one a week for, you know, six years, that's 300 martinis minimum. Yeah. Right. No, no, I'm just saying, I feel like the practice has paid off. So next Monday will be. Another Martini Monday, but it will also be Miracle Monday, which is a very special double holiday for me. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently nobody else. Anyway, so that's something I'm looking forward to. I'm reading back through the novel. But Dave, what is our second star of the week? So our second star of the week, Matt, is a check-in on how the ration cast is going. Oh, and how is the ration cast going? Well, the ration, the podcast itself is going really well. Rationing is starting to get real lame. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. What are you, what have you recently lost access to? It's we haven't actually lost access to anything. It's just less than we have used to than we used to have. Okay. And even that is not that bad. Here's the thing that's actually starting to get to me is uh, the monotony of flavor. Cause in, okay, because in order to be kind of like intellectually honest with the project, and you know, like we're really trying to do it. We are yeah, trying sure. to, right, we're trying to only season our food with spices that would have been available at the time. And because of the German blockade, basically it was like salt, you know, parsley, sage, rosemary, thyme, some like wild onions, maybe, and like mustard powder. So you've got plenty of that stuff, but you're getting real sick of eating thyme. Right. Yeah. Like we have all of those things, and we've got like a little bit left over. So we allowed ourselves, like, I think what we said is anything that we would have like reasonably maybe already had in the kitchen mm-hmm. that would have been available at the time like we kept. You know, so we have a little like, I don't know, like a little allspice. Not a ton, because like allspice doesn't come in big containers, but like we have a little allspice and like a little nutmeg and we're like trying to make it stretch. But it's, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of the same flavors like that over and over and over again. rough. Yeah, and here is the biggest thing that's that's really killing me is the British, like basically when the German embargo hit, not embargo, the blockade, when the German sure. blockade hit, the British weren't growing onions, like at all. Like they just didn't grow onions. All their onions were imported from Spain because like Spain is gorgeous and sunny and onions grow really well there or whatever. And so when the blockade hit England, they were just like, oh, well, there's no onions Guys, I eat a lot of onions. Or you did. I did. I have not, like, Matt, I haven't had an honest-to-goodness onion in maybe a month and a half. Ooh. Oh. Oh, and here's the other one. No garlic. They just didn't have garlic. It's like a Mediterranean I'm having a little trouble trying to figure out what you are eating, but... Well, a lot of parsley, sage, rosemary. (laughs) 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 No, I mean, but seriously, that's kind of what we've got. Um, finally, now that summer is coming around, we're getting some like green onions, which is like, we had like some leeks, which was an okay substitute. We're getting some green onions and that's kind of close, but like, guys, you just don't know until you stop cooking with onion, how much, how important onion is in food. Like it's just, you just, it's onions. They go in everything. Uh, the other thing we actually, we broke a little bit. Oh, yeah. We, we did. Well, okay. So we were, I forget what we were doing, but we were both just like, man, 
we're like really like really dragging really kind of like tired and like kind of like sort of cranky actually okay and um we were out someplace we like had to run an errand and we were passing a restaurant on our way back and we're like yeah let's just stop like let's just stop for dinner you know and so we because stopped for under dinner. the rules of the project, you are allowed to eat out sort yeah. of on occasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can eat out. Theor- like, the people in England, some of them ate out, like, every day. Like, they would just have lunch at, like, a lunch counter, effectively, every day. We're trying to limit that just because uh, the portions at American restaurants tend to be so large that it, it like, throws off the, sure. the ratios. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, anyways... We stopped at this restaurant, and uh, I was just like, and I smelled meat. And, you know, we were only doing like a pound and a half of meat per person for a week. Mm -hmm. And we smelled meat, and I was like, I might actually just straight murder a man for a hamburger right now. Well, thankfully, you didn't have to. I I didn't. I'm sure they they just just sold it to you. Yeah, they just brought me one, which is way more convenient. But, yeah, so they, I got a hamburger, and Beth got like, she got a little seafood. And we ate it and immediately, like, felt way better. Just, like, the life returned to your eyes. Yeah, seriously. And it wasn't just, like, oh, I was hungry and I had something to eat. Because, like, I wasn't, like, I had been eating. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not going, like, hungry here. But it was, it was, like, there was, like, no protein in my system. And it was really messing with me. So, uh, yeah. It was really that was the those are the two biggest things. Other than that, it's actually going fairly well. Like I'm not hungry. I'm walking a lot right now. We're doing a mini project within the context of the whole thing of gas rationing. So we're just not, you know, like American suburbs aren't set up that you can walk everywhere. But I think we said we're not walking any place that's within like two miles. Like, if it's two miles or closer, we're walking. Okay. Anything far, anything farther than that, we'll just be like, okay, well, we're going to drive. So, like, I'm walking to work and back, grocery store and back, all of that stuff. So, that's pretty cool. Right on, dude. Yeah, I will, uh, I will continue to update you here and there. But, but so far, it's pretty neat. So, that aside, Matt, what is our third star of the week? Uh, third star of the week, Dave, is a pretty brief one. But I got a new video game this week. Okay, it's not a new video game, but I just got it this week. It is Lego Marvel Super Heroes. Nice. Dave, I don't know the last time you played one of those Lego games, because I haven't played one for, I don't know, probably eight years at least. That's not true, never. I played one once, and I found it kind of unfun, so I never bothered. You know, I did too. I think it was either a Harry Potter or like one of the early Star Wars Yeah, something like that. Did that turn out to be a bad decision on my part? Should I go play this game? Dude, those games got good like really good nice that's fantastic uh uh, lego marvel superheroes it's really funny because um all of the lego games or most of them at least are all sort of set in the world of a movie you know so it's the star wars ones the indiana jones ones the uh the harry potter ones Mm -hmm. and the the marvel one is very much set within like the marvel cinematic universe but since it's a video game and not a movie they have all the rights to all of their characters Oh, that's really cool. And so, like, the whole game, you can just tell they're like, okay, uh, we're going to Asgard. Who can we send to Asgard? Wolverine and the Human Torch. Let's do it. So, Like, wait. finally getting all of those properties together and going to, like, the locations in the cinematic universe. So it's a lot of fun. And is it, like, do you have different characters and they all have different abilities, I'm assuming? Oh, dude, there are, I mean, it's, you know, the abilities are fairly basic. Everybody has an okay. attack. Some people can fly. And then everybody has something special. Got you it. know, so, like... The Human Torch can throw a fireball, but it can also do, like, a, a concentrated heat beam that can, like, unlock certain things. It's a okay. little sort of Lost Vikings-y, where, like, all of your characters have slightly different abilities that sort of you use to unlock different parts of the level. And there's a lot of, like, replay. Anyway, not to uh, spend too much time on the game, but there are, I think there's, like, a hundred different characters that you can unlock <laughs> by the end. <laughs> you serious? I mean, most of those you have to, like, go back through to unlock, but... Yeah, I've I've started to get things. I've uh, I recently got this uh, the Ant Man and the Wasp. So nice. I can, get, I can get really small and get inside of things. I just unlocked uh, Nova. I haven't actually bought him yet, but I can now. Okay, good stuff. I am 
I am actually getting a chance to play a little bit more of Assassin's Creed Unity, which I know came out like a year ago, but I'm finally getting around to playing it. It's super good. Like, it's real fun. Oh, nice. I've heard, the, I've heard the new ones are good. I haven't had a chance to try any of them past four. Yeah. Oh, dude. Well, okay. I act, This is actually the first one I've played past four. I'm really digging it. It's set in, like, revolutionary Paris, which is neat. There's a lot of tri-corner hats going on, Matt. I know you love a tri-corn hat. I do. All right. So that is our third star of the week. We <laughs> need to keep going, Dave. We are yeah. jacking on this. Okay. Uh, what is our fourth star of the week? Okay. Fourth star of the week, Matt. I'm actually... I'm actually a little surprised I didn't talk about this last week because it was such a revelation, I guess. I don't know. Long story short, I did something real gross to my back last two Fridays ago, something like that. Okay. You know how you and dad get lower back problems? Mm -hmm. I get upper back problems. I kind of know this woman. She's like a friend of a friend. Like we know her from the farmer's market, but she is also a friend of another friend of ours. So I like my back hurt badly enough. I stayed home from work. I was like, I'm not going into work. Like I'm just going to sit here. Like I spent the whole weekend sitting in a chair with my back on a heating pad. Didn't go into work on Monday. Emailed this woman. And I was like, Hey, is there any chance you can see me tomorrow? Because our mutual friend said you were great, blah, blah, blah. She says, oh, yeah, sure. Come on in on Monday. Cool. So I go in, and she's got like a little office in the back of a gym, which is kind of weird, but whatever. You know, they're all like taking care of your body sort of places. And uh, so, so I go in. And she's got some like real chill music playing and there's like some nice lamps and it kind of smells like patchouli. And she's like, hey, you know, like, hey, good to see you. How's it going? She's like real like crunchy granola hippie, right? Uh Uh-huh. She's like, you know, just I'm here to help you and like whatever you're comfortable with, man. She didn't say man, but that's the sort of vibe that she puts off. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so, like, I get down on the table, and listen, guys, if you can get yourself over the mental hurdle of getting into your skivvies with, like, a relative stranger, like someone who would not normally see you in your underwear, although there's, like, a blanket over you, so, like, whatever. But, like, if you can get past that mental hurdle... Which, for me, I don't know why. I was just like, ah, whatever. This is like a medical situation, you know? Like, if we were just chilling out, I w- it would not be cool with this. But, like, I'm here for a massage. It's like a medical thing. Sure, I'm in my underwear. Who cares? Sure. But if you can get, right, if you can get over that, guys, find a good massive therapist and get yourself a massage. It, like, it made a world of difference in, like, an hour. Right on, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. It was like, I didn't need to go on about it, but seriously, I did just find a massotherapist. Even if you're not, even if you don't think you're like torqued up and weird, just go. Just, it's, it's worth it just to go in general. I think I might start making just regular appointments, not even for like an acute thing, you know, just, just to go. So that's my well, that fourth star. That sounds rad. Yeah, that's my fourth star. You should get a massage, man. I will give you this lady's number. I mean, she's out by me, so it would kind of be a drive. I was going to say, the only place that's out by me is uh, right around the corner, right next to the the place that, the place that just opened up that sells vape pens uh, and the uh, like. The palm that reader. That's where the massage therapist is, or therapist, quote-unquote, is around me. So yeah. I would probably you know, man, need I'm to get sure. a good referral. There's gotta be like a there's gotta be like a Yelp for massage therapists. Check it out. Anyways, Matt, that's the fourth star of the week. What is our fifth star of the week? Okay, so our fifth star of the week is I mentioned it last week that um, and actually earlier on this week that Mark and Cody were in town this weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sorry, it was great. I it. it was great to hang out. Wonderful time. The one of the main things we did while they were here though is that we went to a Cleveland Indians game. Now, it was a great time. It was a beautiful night. The Indians did terribly. But I'm what say, I like even if the Indians don't win. <laughs> well, that's the nice thing about rooting for the Indians is like I know I've got a home team to root for. 
if they win, it's great. And if they lose, who cares? It's the Indians. Like, they were probably going to lose anyway. I don't feel bad when it happens. <laughs> I feel like the Indians, I haven't been to the, the Jake in a long time. But I feel like the Indians, if any team, will have mastered like making a baseball game an entertaining event with the assumption that your team isn't going to win. Oh, yeah, no. You, you can know? never assume they're going to win. You can never really assume they're going to be close. But every once in a while, it does happen. Uh, anyway, know, maybe so we went. what if, Matt? What, what if? if? What if, by the way, is uh, not just a popular <laughs> Marvel comic uh, it is also what was the Indians logo or um, not logo catchphrase or whatever a couple of years ago. Like, what if we actually got our act together this year? Maybe, guys. Maybe like, it's we not going to happen. Just live in the imaginary world where it could happen. It okay. could happen. So we go to this game, and there were um, sitting in front of us about ten girls who, until they started drinking all night. I would have put good money on the fact that the oldest one of them was 17. So I don't know if that means that they look particularly young or that I've just gotten so old that 21-year-olds now look like they should be in high school. No, um, dude, no, no, no. That's, that might be you, bro. That could That's be. That's a thing. Anyway, so they spent the entire game, or at least as much of the game as they stayed for, um, just doing nothing but taking selfies. I think each of them probably took minimum 40. <laughs> That's not oh counting video. God. They stayed oh, just wow. long enough to get a big group video of them all singing for the seventh inning stretch. And listen, like they were clearly having a wonderful time. They were not going there to see the game. They were making their own fun. But it was just so wild because I, you know, I'm 30 and I work in an office with a bunch of people my age or older. And so yeah. I forget that this is a part of the world other than like seeing it on like TV and the internet. And so actually seeing oh, it okay. right up close was this really sort of bizarre moment. Well, like, okay. Wow, here I will... you are just living out in the world. Just living I can your tell lives. you, Matt, that it, uh, it is not actually... Most, even like selfie-oriented teenagers are usually not as bad as that sounds. Like, that is still like a crazy exaggeration. Oh, I mean, it was hilarious. You you could tell (laughs) that the entire purpose that they had of going to an event was to document the fact that they were at an event. And that was it. The actual event had no interest for them. (laughs) So it could have been anything. But speaking of things that do have interest for us... And maybe uh, not for anyone else. <laughs> this marks the end, one more week, of the close of our award-winning segment, The Five Stars. Dave, five we're stars. about to take our break. We're going to watch episode 35. Episode 35, for your edification, is called New Secret Art, The Dance of Spiders. Uh, so we will be right back to discuss that episode right after the break. <laughs> Welcome back. So, Dave, we have just finished watching episode 35 of Die Ranger, and why don't you tell us what happened? Sure. We see the return of Jin, which you had told us was coming. There is a Goma monster who I think gets short shrift, and Ryu... I think he gets about as much shrift as he deserves. Well, we'll talk about that. And Ryu discovers a hidden strength that he didn't know he had. I feel like that's pretty oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the episode opens by a river where a uh, a kung fu, or I'm sorry, probably a karate master. Yeah. Is I, being, get the, I think that's right. Is being confronted like, hey, are you such and such of, you know, blah, blah, such blah. and such school? <laughs> right. And he says, yes, who are you? And then we see who it is. It's the only person we've ever seen who cares about people from various schools. It is our old friend Jin. Right. Jin, if you will remember from the last time we saw him, is a uh, previously a non-superpowered dude who was going around and destroying various dojos by killing their masters, and now is a superpowered dude who apparently is just doing the same thing. Oh, actually, Matt, remember uh, last time Jin was on the show, I told you that I liked his idea, or like his creation so much? that I was going to use it as a LARP plot. And have you? I totally am. This upcoming weekend. It will it will, awesome. it'll have been the previous weekend after this episode airs. 
they will be fighting it's it's Jin. It's it's like a combo Jin Zydos. Okay. Well you're gonna have to let me know how it goes. I will totally let you know how it goes. I think it's gonna be really fun. So we see Jin and he has the the other karate masters like, Yes, I am and he like takes out his sandals and he like does a kind of preparatory couple of like steps and getting into position. And then it's a hard cut and we just see that dude hit the ground like a sack of potatoes and Jin is standing over him. Not caring at all. I think he still has his hand in a pocket. Is that right, Matt? Of that Dave, I I don't I don't <laughs> know what I don't know suit. what part of the episode you were watching, but you skipped the point where he transformed into his demon form. No, I thought that happens right now. I think I thought he took the guy out and then he transforms. Am I wrong? I could be wrong. Anyways, I, I think you're wrong. Okay, hey, I'm, I'm willing to admit that. But he does totally transform into like a crazy demon form. That absolutely happens. And, and what's really great is he does it now, and he'll do it every time throughout the episode. Whenever he transforms, he says his sort of you know little transforming catchphrase, right. which I his, did not. Uh, his version of, of Kiryoku tension. Uh, but he never like takes his hands out of his pockets or raises his voice or makes like a fighty voice. He just sort of says it in a very flat conversational tone and then transforms into like a half demon monster with a crazy arm. Yeah, it's and bad. it is great. It's a it is a strong move. So he transfer that's right. He transforms and then he like he punches the dude a bunch. It's not too I think we actually don't even see it. I think that's where the hard cut is. And then Jin unleashes his special attack. Oh, no, no, wait. I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. We see the Rangers first. Yes, and they are sitting very quietly uh, with Kaku, watching an older Japanese man do a traditional dance. Yeah. And they are bored to tears. Yeah, not interested at all. (laughs) Kazu is like, um, Doshikaku, what's what's going on with this? And someone's like, and he's like, it's important. He's like, well, couldn't it have been disco though? Which is a weird go-to. Yeah, because this was 1993. I don't know if disco was still alive in Japan, but hey, it was not in around here. Well, Matt, you you may recall Matt that disco will never die. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. You were right. Yeah. Disco will never die. Never. Um, so, and, so we're in for I might duration. have that. Kazu did not. Kazu didn't. He wants it to be Disco. We cut over. <laughs> Shoji is just asleep. Snoring. Like, oh, yeah. Starting to snore. Uh, Rin reaches over and pinches his arm, and he sort of wakes up and has to stop himself from crying out <laughs> because he does not want to get in trouble. Right. And so they, my notes just say the date Die Rangers are Philistines. They're completely uninterested in anything that's going on here. And Gaku says, listen, this is important and it's related to Kenpo. Like it's related to martial arts. You guys need to be paying attention. Again, doesn't explain why, just says it's important and you should pay attention. Just bad practice, yeah. Kaku. It seems like he's hoping that they're going to learn on their own, but they are not even trying. Yeah, not even. Hey, listen, man, you got to interest the kids in whatever it is first, and then they get the message, which Kaku doesn't do. So we cut from there back to another the guy Riverside. who doesn't get the message. Oh, no. Oh, no. He, well, it depends on what the message is. He's about to. There's a new message, and that message is you're a dead man. Courtesy of Jin. So we cut back to the riverside, and Jin is going to pull off his new secret art, Dance of the Spider. It's and super it's cool. Awesome. Okay, so here's how it works. He knocks the dude over, and while the dude is kind of reeling, Jin does, he does kind of like a special stance, and he like, you know, kind of moves his arms around. I get the sense that he's like gathering his Yoryoku, is what I assume he's using. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and he punches the dude, and where he punches him, the bruise resolves into, like, a spider on the dude's stomach. Yeah, there's, like, this purple glow, and then there's a spider on his stomach. And then Jin doesn't kill him immediately. Right. Well, we don't know. See, I assumed that he did kill him. We find out no, because we cut away from this scene, and we see... 
who is it? Daigo and Ryu, right? We see Daigo, yeah, it's and, Daigo Ryu, and Ryu. Yeah, Daigo and Ryu, and they're walking along, <laughs> and they're talking to each other like, right. okay, now do you understand how what that has anything to do with fighting? Because I am completely <laughs> lost. <laughs> and the other one says, no, man, I, I got nothing. I have no idea why that's the case. And so... then all of a sudden, the dude who had been fighting Jin runs up, collapses in front of them, <laughs> And he falls over, and his shirt is sort of ripped open, right? And so you can see that the spider mark is no longer where it was when Jin had hit him originally. It has, like, moved up his chest. Yeah. And so here's what I... So I see this guy hit the ground, Matt, and I'm wondering to myself, how is this guy... How did this guy make it this far? They're nowhere near the water. And I'm just like, dude, did Jin literally pick this dude up carry him to where the rangers were and drop him there just so that Ryu would find him. And we find out, in fact, that's exactly what Jin did. Because they look up and Jin is just standing there. It's great. He's He is back to his human form. Um, He's gotten rid of that. And they look down. And I think at this point, the guy that he had been fighting, like the spider mark turns into purple energy, climbs up to his neck, and then the guy dies on the spot. Well, it reforms into the spider on his neck, and then he dies. And as they're seeing him die, uh, they sort of turn to the side, and Ryu barely reacts in time to catch the evil coin that oh, Jin that's has thrown right. at him to Dude, catch his I don't attention. know what's with me. I keep jumping the gun. This is when Jin shows up. So he catches the coin out of the air. They turn. They're like, ah, it's Jin. And, you know, I think Daigo goes to attack him. And Ryu says, like, no, like, this fight is mine. Because something to that effect. Yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those things that, like, Jin is Ryu's rival. It has been previously established in another episode. So Daigo, you get to, like, hold on until next episode when Kujiku comes back. (laughs) Okay. So Jin says... You might not think it, but I'm an honest guy. I always repay my debts. And, you know, he he does his transformation. And then Ryu, I feel like Ryu just keeps ratcheting up the intensity of his tensions. Dude, every time he sees <laughs> Jin, it just goes to 11. Because but here's do. something. I feel like I say this pretty frequently, and I'm like, and dude, this is the most intense aura change. But it keeps being true, you guys. They keep turning it up. Okay, here is a thing, though, that I want to remind you. And we talked about it previously in episode, I think, 28. Because it was episode 27 when Jin changed from regular human Jin to superpowered demon Jin, right? Right, yeah. And then in episode 28, Ryu saw him in his demon form, but it wasn't actually him. Yes. And he reacted as though he had seen that demon form before. This is actually the first time Ryu has seen him transform into a dude with a crazy monster arm. And he's just, (laughs) he doesn't even respond. Like, he responds in that he changes into, you know, he aura changes and prepares to fight. But there is no moment of like, oh, that's new. Well, he already, uh, you know, he already saw it in episode 28, Matt. He knew that it was coming somehow. Also, he thought he saw it, but it wasn't him. It was an illusion. (laughs) It's like someone who was making this show just forgot. Or maybe there was another episode that, like, they had meant to write that just they never got around to it or something. Because at no point is Ryu ever introduced to this for the first time. <laughs> okay. Actually, wait, wait, wait. Hold up, Matt. I just thought of something. Okay. Follow me here. Ready? This is a show for babies. Okay. And who cares? It's insane. There is something I do want to point out, though. Jin's monster form has, like, this giant sphere on its left shoulder. I don't... It, guys, it's like the size of a soccer ball. I have no idea why it's there. It just looks weird on the costume. Anyways, Ryu super intense tensions. Like, he's, like, shaking with rage. They fight. Fight, fight, fight. And then it kind of blacks out, and we just see Jin. He does his special technique, and he he basically he pops like a party streamer is what it actually is. 
Right, but no, it's it's crazy evil spider webs, Dave. Don't uh, don't don't cheapen the moment. It's, it's actually it's a spider cool webs made by dark magic, thing. I think. And then so it cuts over to Ryu, and he gets hit with the. I think you're totally right. It's like energy webs. He gets hit with the energy spider webs, and then Jin punches him, and then he goes down. Uh, I do want to point out that at some point in this fight, Jin tells Ryu. Uh, see, I have it written down in my notes here. Die in fear of me. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Good old Jin. So, you can always count on him for a good line. <laughs> Dude, somebody, he's got a fantastic line later on in this episode. Oh, no, sorry. Ryu has a fantastic line later on in this episode. So it cuts away, and we see this building, and I was super excited to recognize it because the it's the building from the end credits. Like, I've seen it 34 times. And they've never... Oh, that is the building from the end credits. It's to- I yeah. totally did not notice that. Yeah, I saw it. I was just like, oh, that's what that building is. That, And then it immediately cuts to Murder Basement. So my assumption is, is that that is the building that sits over the ranger's, like, subterranean lair. And I wonder that's... what's in that building. I have no idea. They never talk about it. I like to think that it's just like an office building that sometimes like superheroes fly out of the garage in motorcycles. Stranger things have happened, Matt. So they are down in murder basement and Ryu is like strapped to a hospital bed, basically. Or not strapped because he's thrashing. Yeah, he's like thrashing around, but he is losing it. He is, you know what it reminds me of? He is freaking out and in as much pain as he was in... Uh, the last time we, there were the first time rather we saw Jen when he was wearing that crazy like spring suit that was cutting him and like holding him in place. Oh, dude! If the spring like suit, that is the degree to which he is just flipping out. If right the now. spring suit is like a a six, I would put this at like an eight and a half. I would say this is even more intense. Like he's getting, he's going nuts. I actually, <laughs> I was watching. I'm like, mm, Ryu, you might be overselling it a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit much. But Kaku, they sort of see the spider bruise, I guess is what it is, on Ryu. And then it does like the little energy transformation crawly up his chest thing. And I think Kaku sort of realizes what is happening. Because the other rangers say, oh, we saw that. Or Daigo says, he says, oh, when we saw this before, it got to the other guy's throat and he died. And Kaku says, ah, what an evil technique. And so Daigo, at this point, basically storms off. He's like, oh, I'm going to go find Jin, and I'm going to make him, like, put Ryu back to normal. And the other rangers sort of follow in behind him. And I think that's the end of that scene, right? That's the end of that scene, because the next scene is great wait so, is this is wait just a second is this past scene is this when kaku tells ryu that he must master his fear or is that later that's later okay spoiler alert ryu has to master his fear but you are not kidding about this next scene dude so we okay. see Jin at his master's grave and he is like he's about to light some incense and he's saying like like it's finally done like, I now finally have completed the task, and I am the strongest. Our school is now the strongest. He's, like, he's, like, real calm about it. It's as he's though kind he's, of like, smiling. his old friend, and, like, he's got now flowers. you can rest in peace. Yeah, and you almost get this vibe that he's, like, finally my quest is done, and I can retire from a life of kung fu murder. And then he stands up and punches the gravestone so hard that it explodes. (laughs) It's so good. And he's like, now I have surpassed even you, and no one can stop me. Okay, and sort of on cue from there, Daigo shouts out. He's like, hey, you. Like, I would have words with you. And Jin says, uh, all right, bring it. And they attempt to bring it. They don't. Um, it's actually, it's a cool moment. It's, it might be the first time we've seen them all do this, although we've seen it sort of individually before. You know how we've said that occasionally, to represent the fact that they're all fighting very fast, 
they will just sort of dissolve into sort of glowing like anime balls bars. of like laser light that are, and yeah. motion lines that are flying around and bumping into each other. It's a minute of that, and then they all land, and Jin is okay, and the Rangers are not okay. <laughs> right, they land hard, and Jin just like hits the ground with like that cool pose where like one knee is on the ground and like both hands, and you're clearly ready to go for like more fighting. That's what he does. Like, so, Shoji tries to crawl over him, or crawl over to him, rather, and right. Jin just steps on his head. It says, friendship is proof that you are weak. So the Die Rangers are all sort of scattered on the ground, and mostly at uh, Jin's mercy. Right. When, sort of out of nowhere, we the camera cuts to sort of behind a bush or a statue or something. Yeah, this is and, a weird moment. And Zydos is there. Our old buddy Zydos, one of the Goma commanders, <laughs> with his Goma monster that he has brought along this week called Sergeant Cannon, right? Yeah. This and is the guy I was talking about. They just walk into the scene and say, like, hey, Jin, like, let's do this together, man. But, <laughs> like, right. clearly have not been invited. And from the look that Jin gives them, they are not welcome at all. Yeah. Jin is like, what? I don't. I really feel like I made my opinion clear, Zydos. It is as though, like, they had been dating, and Jin broke up with Zydos, and then <laughs> Zydos just, like, showed up to pick him up from work one day. It's like, what are you doing here? Why are you like, even... we're done. What? I do not want to see you. <laughs> but okay. there they are. And they totally, like, screw the whole thing up for Jin. The Rangers get away. And uh, Jin and... Uh, Zydos have a brief conversation where Zydos is basically trying to say, like, hey, let's like, dude, pretend that we on. were a band and then get the band back together. Like, this could be great. We have the same goals. Let's do this thing, friend. And Jin is just having none of it. Right. And sort of glares right. at him. And I, he says something dismissive and just sort of storms off. Right. So then we see Sergeant Cannon just, to be clear... Sergeant Cannon is a giant anthropomorphic cannon. Like, I feel like you probably could have guessed that. But just yeah, in he's, case. He's got, like, a big turret sticking out of his forehead. Right. He's got a head cannon. Someone ah. else's head cannon game. Also on point, Matt. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> so he turns to Jin. Or he turns to Zydos. And he's like, I'll teach him. And he, like, bends over so that his head cannon is facing Jin. And you see that there is something in there. Like, there's some sort of projectile. And Zydo stops him, and he says, no, your torpedo fist attack can only be used once. And okay. Sergeant Cannon just says, ah, you're, you know, you're right, or whatever he says. So this is what I wanted to talk about. You had mentioned earlier that you thought that Sergeant Cannon got a short shrift. Yeah. I said that he got exactly as much shrift as he deserved, because his one attack that is useful can only be used once. His whole gimmick is that he is a cannon, and he has one shell for his main gun. Okay. That's fair. I just thought, okay, I thought he looked really cool. He's a dude. He's like a human naval cannon with, like, a, he's got, like, a reticle that comes down or pops up over his eye. He's got, like, shoulder guns. It's a neat, he's a neat-looking monster. Really it is what a I neat looking said. monster, but he is very much like, he seems like the real sort of sad sack of the Goma so far, okay. like as this episode progresses. Let me, let me say this then. I feel like the monster design got short shrift. Okay, I will go with you on that. Anyway, so they sort of all go their separate directions. And we cut back to uh, the headquarters. They go back to find Ryu, and they all walk into his sort of, you know, makeshift hospital room. And they're all smiles. They're like, hey, man, how you feeling? <laughs> right. You know, and they're Ryu, cool. of course, is still writhing around and, like, trying to keep his, like, you know, self together. And he says kind of all he can manage to say is, like, guys, don't fight Jin. Like, he'll kill you. And, like... I would feel super bad, I guess. And they all respond like, oh, man, we would never do that. We don't want to die. We're not crazy. Like, are you <laughs> kidding? He's super dangerous. <laughs> they do not. Here's the best part. They do not sell this 
at all. They sell this about as well as like a fifth grader who's like, what? I didn't, no, I didn't steal a cookie. This is like when I told dad that he hadn't gotten a tie for his birthday. Sorry. I suddenly realized that doesn't make sense to anybody else. When I was a little kid, we got my dad a tie for his birthday. And over dinner, I was like, hey, dad, guess what we got you for for your birthday? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, we didn't get you a tie. And then I turned to mom and what I can only assume is like a stage whisper was like, that ought to throw him off. (laughs) And that is about as subtle as the Rangers are being. Ryu doesn't pick up on it. Well, yeah, Ryu is in an incredible amount of pain, and so he has not noticed their terrible, terrible lie, which they only try to maintain for about, I don't know, 10 seconds. And then they walk out of the room, immediately stop smiling, and collapse in pain. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) They're like, you all understand, right? We can't let Ryu see that we're in pain. Like, we need to help him keep his spirits up. But seriously, let's go fight Jin again. <laughs> right. And Kaku kind of... And so they run up the stairs, and Kaku, we, it pans over. We see him, that he has walked up behind them. And he just kind of lets them roll. Like, that's base. He's like, eh, I'm sure that'll be fine. <laughs> but then he walks into Ryu's room... And he sees the spider move again. And this is when Kaku realizes how the technique works. Yeah. Because what it does is the spider bruise thing somehow feeds on the fear that it generates. And it like crawls its way up to your neck. And then when it gets to your neck, like then you go down, then you die. And so Kaku says to Ryu, like, listen, you need to learn how to calm yourself. Otherwise, this thing is going to kill you before we can figure out how to deal with it. Right. There's there's nothing we're going to be able to do. Also, Ryu is ripped. Like, I had not noticed that before. I mean, it makes sense. Like, they're in, like, you know, they're like the Kung Fu warrior, you know, die rangers. But, but like, oh, yeah, Ryu dude. is in. That guy, that guy hits the gym. <laughs> right. That dude is in really good shape. So, cut away, Kaku, you know, leave leave Kaku with this sort of cryptic piece of advice. Cut back, and the rangers have gone to the dance master. Like, the dance master that, they, that Kaku took them to before, Kaku told them that there was some important thing. They still haven't figured it out, and they say, we've got to, we've got to sort this out. We've got to know what's going on with this dance master. Right, because otherwise we're probably not going to be able to beat Jin without this sort of new knowledge that we were supposed to have learned earlier this morning when we were napping. (laughs) Right. So they show up, and, like, the doors to, like, where the stage was open up, and there's a dude in there, you know, we can sort of assume it's the dance master, but he's not, like, he is now fully dressed in costume. Well, hold on, man. He has a mask on and a full thing. It's actually, it's slightly more mysterious than that because they go to the door first and his like secretary or whatever just says, oh no, the dance master's not here. Like he's gone. And then we see the guy. So it's a little bit like, wait, who's this guy? The dance master's not actually here. What's going on? And it's Jim. It's Jim totally. takes the mask off and <laughs> kicks them all in the face. No, he kicks them all in the face first, then takes off the mask. Ah, and you're he's right. like, Important distinction. <laughs> and this is, this is amazing again. He takes off the mask and he says like, you fools. I figured out the connection between traditional Japanese dance and martial arts years ago. And so I guess he just knew that like, because, okay, he is here. In costume, waiting to kick the Die Rangers, right? And this like is that, not a simple That can costume. be the only reason that he was here. Yeah. And again... So he must have been sitting around and thinking, okay, well, at some point they need to try to figure out the connection between fighting and dance. So they're probably going to go talk to this guy. I've got a great idea <laughs> and just spent like forever getting into costume to have this one moment of ambush. It's It works, though. And it's a great moment because he hits him with like a fan and then does another thing. So. So we cut back to uh, Kaku and Ryu. 
Right. And uh, in walks the actual dance master. Yeah. So Kaku has gone and found this guy and he tells Ryu, he's like, listen, you've got to pay attention. Check this out. Like, I will now tell you the connection between dance and fighting. So, so the, the dude, the dance master, he's he's walking with a cane. He drops the cane on the ground and then sort of walks across it like a balance beam, basically. Yeah. I don't get it. Ryu, from his facial expression, also clearly doesn't get it. Also, I don't actually think he has the angle to see it properly because he is like lying flat on his back in a bed and <laughs> like somewhere in the room, like probably beyond his field of vision, a dude just took three steps on what he can only assume is the floor because he can't see the cane from there. So Kaku says, now he finally explains it, he says, dance requires a calm state of mind. Like you have to be chilled out to dance properly you, Ryu, must also quiet your mind because if you don't, the spider will feed on your fear and you will die. Like, that'll be it. Right. And so he says, like, anybody can walk across a cane like this when it's on the ground, but what if it were, you know, like, off of a cliff or something? Like, you need to be able to focus yourself well enough that you can do that sort of thing, you know, in a stressful situation as well, and then you will have learned the sort of calm and focus that both dance and fighting require. Right. So, Ryu, somehow this speech, like, it's apparently the best speech Kaku has ever given. Because Ryu immediately, like, stomps writhing around, gets up, realizes that the other rangers are fighting. Oh, that's right. Kaku says, if you're calm, you'll be able to see the things that have already happened that, like, you missed before. And Ryu looks down at his hand, and he sees there's blood on his hand. And then he flashes back to when Shoji, like, grasps his hand in, like, a manful, brotherly fashion. And Ryu realizes that the blood on Shoji's hand must be because he fought Jin. And then they left again, so they must still be fighting Jin. And so Ryu, like, immediately kind of, like, overcomes his fear in that moment, at least. Grabs his jacket and runs out the door to go find the other rangers. Important note, does not grab his shirt. So the rest of the episode, he's just running around, no shirt, leather jacket. Good look. Yeah. A lot of good looks in this episode. Yeah, I was going to say, if I had the physique of Ryu, I might do that too. Can't blame him on that one. So we cut to the fight, and Jin is taking the Rangers apart with what can only be termed surgical precision. Oh, yeah, like, he is barely trying, and they are just falling apart all around him. <laughs> and he is mocking them, like, what, you guys still, like, think that friendship is good? Friendship sucks, and friendship makes you weak. And this is the best part, is that the Rangers are continuing to insist. They're like, no, our friendship makes us stronger, twice as strong, three times as strong. Despite the fact <laughs> that the dude with no friends is just destroying them. There's this great moment of uh, defiance from them because he hits them all with an attack so strong that it knocks them all back. And not <laughs> only does right. it do that, it hits them so hard that it knocks them out of their transformed like costumes. And they're lying on the ground bleeding. Barely and, able to stand. And as they're sort of struggling to get back to their feet, they're like, what? Is that all you got? That tickled. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And so... Jin, like, is prepared to hit them with another attack. He's, like, running at them, and he's going to do clearly some, like, super attack. And in that moment, Ryu arrives. Like, he kind of jumps out of nowhere and, you know, punches Jin, and Jin goes flying back, hits the ground, pops back up, and says, like, what are you doing here? Like, you're already dead, or, I, you know, something like that. Okay, now, in the background, Zydos and Sergeant Cannon show up. Zydos says to Sergeant Cannon, whoever wins, shoot them with your torpedo hand rocket thing. Right, like, kill the survivor, and we'll just take everybody out. Okay, so, back to the fight. Right, so Ryu is like, he gets ready to fight, Jin gets ready to fight, Jin hits him with his special secret, like, you know, funfetti uh, spider attack again. 
And Ryu almost freaks out again. Yeah, almost but freaks then, out. Actually, he does. He does. My notes well, actually say... to freak out. Screams like a girl. Oh, he does have a real shriek in there. <laughs> yeah, he does. But he, like, it zooms out, kind of, and we see Ryu in, like, a mindscape. And he is standing, predictably, he is standing on a cliff with a cane over the cliff to the next, like, precipice. And he is hearing the words in his head, like what Kaku had been saying to him earlier, like, you need to calm yourself, you know, get control. This is sort of how you do it. And uh, it's a pretty long sequence, actually. Like, in in the vision, the other four Dire Rangers appear on the other precipice and are, like, reaching out to him. And it's like, (laughs) you know, like, you know, focus on your friends and calm your mind. And he does a lot of that sort of like, you know, believing in the power of friendship to be able to do it, you know, walks sort of, you know, carefully and calmly across this cane, gets to the other side, grasps the hands of his friends, the vision drops, and then he's back and ready for action. Right. Oh, by the way, during this whole time, that took about a fraction of a second because this was mid-punch where Jin is about to hit him in the face. Right, because I was just going to say, I think Ryu actually catches Jin's hand. He, like, palms the hand. Like, like that move that everybody knows is, like, absolutely the single coolest move you can do if someone tries to punch you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what he says then? Oh, man. Remember what I said, guys, that there was a fantastic line later on this episode? This is it. So... (laughs) He just looks at him and says something about, like, <laughs> you can't defeat me with he- with fear. That's not the good part. This is the good part. This is a dancer's heart. This is a dancer's heart, guys. And he says it, like, he says it, like, so intensely. It's like, <laughs> it's so Ryu, good. I don't think... I don't think that that means to anybody else like what it clearly means to you. And I'm not actually... to Jin, Jin, because now Jin knows that he also understands the secret of the dancers. Dude, I guess. I he does, we... just to clarify, he does then follow it up by saying, this is the martial artist's heart as yeah. well. I so, do wonder if the other if the rangers... the bit sort of missed its mark. Here, uh, I wonder if the other rangers hear Ryu and are kind of looking at each other like, did he just say dancer's heart? Is that what? What is he talking? Did he finally figure this out? <laughs> I, I really hope that hope the Rangers are totally because... mystified. So then, this is totally rad. Ryu says, "Let us show you our teamwork." Which I feel like, guys, maybe you should just show him your giant robot. But whatever. So he says, "Let us show you our teamwork." They like tension. Oh, altogether. Quick, Dave, before they tension, uh, while he is displaying the power of the dancer's heart, you see the spider bruise on him fade away entirely. Oh, yeah, that's right. And the like, other he has conquered like, his fear and calmed oh, his no mind way. so much that he's he just it broken out. the technique. Yeah. So they go to Aura Change. <laughs> I feel a little bad for Rainier because they do like the key Ryoku Ten Shin and like. Each one of them says part of it. So Ryu says, key. And then I think it's Shoji says, Ryoku. And then Daigo and, and says, so forth. ten. Yeah. Right. Until you get to Rin, because there's only four syllables, the way they did it was like, key, Ryoku, ten, shin. And then you get to Rin, and she just says, yo. Like, she doesn't actually have part of the phrase. <laughs> I was trying to figure out if that was like an untranslated thing and that i just didn't remember what yo means in japanese no, um I don't but know. i'm willing to believe they were just saying yo like like eh, yo joe yo. right uh okay. it would have been way better if she had finished it out with yo joe oh yeah man i think the rangers use no no, no that's right the rangers which is really great because uh ryu says let us show you our teamwork and then proceeds to basically beat rin single-handedly or Jin single-handedly Oh, yeah, it's great. They do, there's a move they do occasionally where, like, four of the five of them will pull out their staves and sort of, like, interlock them to make a platform for the fifth one to jump off of. So he does. So they do that. That's the extent of their teamwork. From then on, like, there's a a couple of shots of Rin and, not, I'm sorry, of Jin and Ryu. Right. 
fighting each other and like shooting fireballs and so forth. And that's pretty much that entire fight. Yeah, like Jin just goes down. So this no, Jin is doesn't what... go down. Oh no, no, no! He goes down a little bit. Like he not like down, down, but he like hits the dirt. And then Sergeant Cannon rolls up. Zaido says, "Now use your cannon torpedo fist," and it is literally just a torpedo with a fist at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's like if your arm was the shell of a monster gun toy thing. Yeah, I don't know what I expected. That was a lot of words that I put in that sentence, but I bet if you sort of cut some of them out and try to imagine what it looks like, you got a pretty good yeah, idea. Yeah, no, I feel like that was accurate. I don't know what I expected because they said torpedo fist. I really should have expected just a literal torpedo fist because that's what we got. But as the torpedo fist is about to hit Ryu, boom. Jin jumps in the way and takes the hit. Takes the hit, survives. And then sort of looks up at Ryu and is like, oh, oh, what was it? I think I have it written down here. Basically, he says, like, I am the one who is going to kill you. Like, not this. Like, I couldn't let this wimp beat you. Yeah. Like, he's like, don't get it twisted. I didn't do this because I want to save you. Like, I but just I am going yeah. to be the one to do it. So Jim stumbles off. Zydos also sort of follows him. We'll catch up with him in a minute. We cut back to Sergeant Cannon. Sergeant Cannon has heard that Jin has just called him a wimp. And is like, ah, I'll show you. Like, now we'll see if I'm a wimp. And guys, as I've said, Sergeant Cannon, pretty bad monster. Good costume, bad monster. Yeah, He's already it turns used out. his one attack. He throws down the enlarging bomb. And then uh, they summon all their Kaiden beasts. Uh, Ko shows up out of nowhere. Cameo shows up. All of the robots are there. And well, I think, like, uh, you know, they're there to illustrate the power of teamwork. <laughs> yes, and the power of teamwork crushes Sergeant Cannon. Bas- I-, I don't even remember if he got a good hit in. He, no, dude, he doesn't. Like, they take him to school. Like, and what's right is they take him to school and, like, basically, like, everybody gets some licks in. So, Kibadayo shows up. Ryusei, like, rides him. They, like, lance him with the staff. Cameo shows up, hits him with a thing. Cameo Bujinhenge's hits him with, like, another energy blast. Then, I don't know, I'm sorry, it was just the... Uh, Wong Tiger. Before. Wong Tiger, sorry. It was Wong Tiger before. Now it's Kibidayo, and then Kibidayo finishes him off with, like, the Phoenix laser blast. And that's it. All I have in my notes for this fight are, in quotes, now we'll see if I'm a wimp. And then afterwards, he is. <laughs> I just, all I could get down was, it seems like overkill for Sergeant Cannon. <laughs> so they, uh, you know, so Sergeant Cannon goes down unceremoniously. I almost feel a little bad for him. Oh, I feel terribly for him. Like, it's he, like he is the guys. most sort of disrespected, disregarded monster in the whole thing. Right. It's like, guys, this is not like you probably could have just shown up with Ryu Sayo on this one and taken care of it just fine. But like the whole squad turns out like they're all fired up from that fight from Jin. <laughs> right. They're like, ah, this is what we got, but he's going to get it. Okay, so, so that's pretty much it for the Rangers. We get a brief yeah. epilogue where Zydos is walking down a dirt path with Jin sort of slung over his shoulder. He's kind of looking, like, kind of just, like, looking over at Jin. He ends up just kind of looking at Jin's butt, which is kind of weird because he's carrying him over his shoulder. But he says, like, you will be reborn as my puppet. Yeah, like, you should have always belonged to me, and now, like, I will take control of you. Right, so clearly, you know, Zydos is not done with Jin, yet he still thinks that, he still thinks this relationship can work, Matt. Hey, he put a lot of time and effort into this. Put a lot of time and effort. He's committed. In it for the long haul. No matter what Jin thinks. Anyway, (laughs) so. Right. That's the end of the episode, Dave. What is your high point of the week? Oh, Matt. Do you even do you even need to ask? No, I just want to hear you say it. We've got sure. a format here, Dave. This is a dancer's heart. That it's is a dancer's heart. It's the best part. It can't no. I mean, this is a dancer's heart. Cuz the best I mean again, 
the best part of this line is that he says it with he's absolutely uh he's just super intense and he says it with absolute conviction and zero context if you did not know what was happening <laughs> right and what about your low point low point i think my low point honestly is that they wasted such a neat monster design on kind of a derpy villain like the yeah, sergeant cannon looked really cool he looked neat man he had he had the makings of a cool bad guy and they just kind of he just kind of get tossed which is a bummer how about okay. you, man? Uh, high point? Well, my high point actually is going to is related to your low point. I loved like super needy Zydos and like his junky monster that he's dragging a lot around with him all week. Like, I just think it's so. I don't know what it is about Zydos. Like, Zydos seems to operate sometimes away from the other two Goma commanders, and whenever he does, he does something great like that. Like. A couple of weeks ago, when he just showed up with a mystery sack over his shoulder, drinking soda in a quarry as a bus drove by. And this week, it's just wandering through like, hey, man, maybe I can help you. No, okay, I guess you don't want me to. Um, Hey, like weird minion who barely gets a name. Like, you know, shoot that guy with your one shot that you will ever have for your whole life and then get big and die for me. Like, I, it's just <laughs> hilarious anytime Zydos does anything by himself. All right, man. Uh, low point? Um, I don't know, man. For my low point, um, not a lot of low points this week. I don't know. Um, how about the fact that we get the uh, Keeper Ranger at the end, but we never actually got Ko in the episode? Yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? And that's it. That's it. That is our episode for the week. Man, episode thirty-five. We are like closing in on the uh, the end of Die Ranger here, man. We are, we are. Which we're actually, going, we're gonna have to come to a decision as to what we're doing next. Yeah, but, again, if you have an opinion on that, do let us know. Uh, I've got, I've gotten some early votes for uh, Jetman. Okay, and, they've got uh, a good song. I know that and, much. Oh yeah. Oh dude, and I've got a whole. I've got a name set for it as well. We could do Jetman Radio Future. Ooh. I would feel I like good that. about it. You um, should feel just, good about I it. I just need to see if it's uh, readily available for us and our listeners to watch. Anyway. Okay. But for now, that for is going to do it for another episode of Live and Let Die Ranger. Before we finish up here, I would like to remind you, you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get updates on future episodes or connect with us on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show... Please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, tell your friends, sort of write it down places where you think people might find it. You know? <laughs> Just leave it around. Like slip it in a copy of your, your favorite book at the bookstore, and maybe someone who finds that book will someday open that page, and then he'll know. Or she. Anyway, just help people listen to the show. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week. Now.